Chapter Fifteen of Zadig or the Book of Fate by Voltaire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Zadig or the Book of Fate. Chapter Fifteen the basilisk as zadig was traversing a verdant meadow he perceived several young female syrians intent on searching for something very curious that lay concealed as they imagined in the grass he took the freedom to approach one of them and ask her in the most courteous manner if he might have the honour to assist her in her researches have a care said she what we are hunting after sir is an animal that will not suffer itself to be touched by a man tis somewhat surprising said zadig may i be so bold pray as to ask you what you are in pursuit after that shuns the touch of any thing but the hands of the fair sex tis sir said she the basilisk a basilisk madam said he and pray if you will be so good as to inform me with what view are you searching after a creature so very difficult to be met with tis sir said she for our lord and master ogle whose castle you see situate on the river-side at the bottom of the meadow we are all his vassals ogle you must know is in a very bad state of health and his first physician has ordered him as a specific to eat a basilisk boiled in rose water and as that animal is very hard to be catched and will suffer nothing to approach it but one of our sex our dying sovereign ogle has promised to honour her that shall be so happy as to catch it for him so far as to make her his consort the case being thus circumstantiated sir i hope you will not interrupt me any longer lest my rivals here in the field should happen to circumvent me zadig withdrew and left the syrian ladies in quest of their imaginary booty in order to pursue his intended journey but as he came to the banks of a rivulet at the remotest part of the meadow he perceived another young lady reclined on the grass and entirely disengaged her stature seemed majestic but her face was covered with a veil and her eyes were fixed as one of her looking-glass on the river every now and then a sigh burst out as if her heart were breaking in her hand she held a little wand or rod with which she was tracing out some characters on the dry sand that lay between the flowery bank she sat on and the purling current zadig's curiosity induced him unperceived to observe her operations at some distance but approaching near and perceiving very distinctly the first character to be an z the next an a and the third a d he started but when he saw the additional capitals of i and g his astonishment was too great for words to express he stood for some time perfectly thunderstruck and as motionless as a statue at last in a soft faltering tone he broke silence o oh, generous lady said he forgive a stranger one 
overwhelmed with sorrows like yourself if he asks you by what amazing accident he finds the name of zadig delineated by so angelic a hand thus unexpectedly interrupted and at the sound of those words she turned her head and with a trembling hand lifting up her veil she espied zadig himself upon which she shrieked and as her heart was fluttered between the two extremes of transport and surprise she fainted away and gently dropped into his arms twas it seems ashtart herself twas the queen of babylon twas the very goddess whom zadig adored twas in short the very identical lady whose hard fate he had so long deplored and for whose sake he had felt so many agonizing pains for a few minutes he stood speechless and deprived as it were of all his senses whilst his eyes were fixed on his ashtart who began to revive and cast a wishful glance at him attended with some confusion o ye immortal powers cried he who preside over the destiny of us frail mortals ye have restored me my ashtart but alas at what a conjunction what a place and in what a state and condition do i view her he threw himself prostrate on the ground and kissed the dust of her feet the queen of babylon raised him up and obliged him to sit by her on the flowery bank whereon she was reposed every now and then she wiped her eyes as the tears trickled down afresh her lovely cheeks twenty times she endeavoured to renew her discourse but was interrupted by her sighs she asked him over and over to relate to her the hardships he had run through since their parting and by what chance he came to traverse that solitary meadow but prevented him at the same time from returning any answer by repeating question upon question at last she gave him a particular detail of her own misfortunes and again requested to know his both of them in short having in some measure appeased the tumult of their souls zadig in a few words informed her of the motives that brought him thither but tell me o oh unfortunate though ever venerable queen how i came to find you out reclining on this verdant bank dressed in the servile habit accompanied by other female slaves who i find have been all day long in quest after basilisk which as i understand is by order of a celebrated physician to be dissolved in rose-water as a specific medicine for his dying patient whilst they busy in their fruitless search said the beauteous ashtart i'll tell you the whole series of sorrows which since last we parted and since heaven has thus unexpectedly blessed my eyes once more with the sight of my dear zadig i'll no longer exclaim against my impropitious stars you are not insensible that the jealous king my spouse was disgusted to find you the most amiable of all mortals and that for no other reason he determined to strangle you and poison me you know very well too that indulgent heaven inspired as it were my little dwarf with artful means to give me timely notice of the rash resolutions of the king my cruel husband no sooner had the faithful cador obliged you to obey my orders and to fly the court but he ventured to enter my apartment in the dead of night through a private door he snatched me up and conveyed me directly into the temple of orosmades where the holy magus who was his brother locked me up in that august and awful statue that stands erect upon the pavement of the temple and colossus like 
touches the lofty ceiling with his head there i lay concealed or rather buried for some time though taken all imaginable care of and furnished with all the necessaries of life by that venerable and loyal priest in the meantime his apothecary entered at break of day into my apartment with a potion in his hand composed of opium black hellebore aconite and other ingredients still more baneful whilst this mercenary officer of the king's vengeance was thus employed another as inhuman as himself went to your lodgings with the silken cord both however were disappointed as both of us were fled cador very officious flew to the king in order the more artfully to blind him and in a feigned passion railed at us both and charged us both as perfidious traitors as for that villain zadig said he he has taken his flight towards india and your false ungrateful consort sire said he is fled to memphis the guards were ordered that moment to pursue us both the couriers who flew after me knew nothing of me i had never exposed my face unveiled to any one but yourself and that too in the presence and by the express order of my royal master as they had no other marks to distinguish me from others but my stature as it had been described a young lady just of my size but in all probability much more handsome presented herself to their view on the frontiers of egypt she was found alone and in a very disconsolate condition this lady must doubtless said they to themselves be the queen of babylon and without listening to her complaints conveyed her instantly to my husband moabdar their gross blunder at first incensed his majesty to the last degree but after he had viewed the lady with an attentive eye he found she was extremely pretty and was soon pacified her name was missouf i have been since informed that her name in the egyptian language signifies the fair coquette and in effect she was so she had as much art however as caprice for she pleased the king of kings in short she had such an ascendancy over him that he didn't scruple in public to own her as his wife when she had secured him thus far in her toils she never concealed her power but played the part of a perfect humorist she indulged herself in every whim that came in her head without fear of being browbeat in the first place she insisted that the chief magus who was old and gouty should dance a saraband before her and upon his modest refusal to comply with so preposterous a request she persecuted him without mercy nothing would serve her turn in the next place but his majesty's grand master of the house must make her a minced pie the gentleman took the liberty to let her know that he was no professed cook a tart however he must make for her and she got him turned out of his place for being so monstrously careless as to burn one corner of the crust whereupon she gave his post to her favourite dwarf and made her fop of a page the keeper of his majesty's great seal and confidence thus she reigned arbitrary and was the female tyrant of babylon all the world deplored the loss of me their former queen the king who never acted the part of a tyrant till the moment he would have imprisoned me and strangled you seemed to have drowned all his good qualities in his dotage on that capricious enchantress he came to the temple on the solemn festival of the sacred fire i saw him prostrate on the pavement before the statue wherein i was enclosed imploring the gods to shower down their choicest blessings on his beauteous missouf i with an audible and distinct but hollow tone 
addressed myself thus like an oracle to the king of kings the gods reject the vows of a monarch that acts the tyrant or his subjects one who could think of murdering an innocent wife and admit of a worthless beauty to supply her place moabdar was so startled at this unexpected answer from the god he adored that he was just at the point of distraction the oracle that i had delivered and the tyrannical proceedings of his new spouse Masouf, were enough to deprive him of his senses in short in a few days he became a perfect madman her caprice which seemed a judgment from above portended a sudden revolution his subjects accordingly revolted and were instantly up in arms babylon that had so long indulged herself in indolence and ease became the seat or theatre of a bloody civil war whereupon i was taken from my magnificent prison the bowels of his god and set up at the head of a very powerful party your friend cador flew to memphis in hopes to find you there and bring you back to babylon the prince of hyrcania hearing of these intestine broils returned with a powerful army in order to form a third party among the babylonians he attacked the king who fled with his fair but fickle egyptian before him moabdar however was so closely pursued that he died of the wounds he received in his retreat Masouf became the fair victim of the conqueror as for my own part i had the misfortune to be overpowered likewise and taken prisoner by an hyrcanian party who brought me into the presence of the young prince at the very juncture when Masouf stood before him you'll smile doubtless when i tell you the prince looked upon me as the most amiable captive of the two but then i presume you will be sorry to hear that my hard fate doomed me to be a vassal in disseraglio he told me in direct terms that as soon as he had put an happy issue to one military expedition which would not he flattered himself be long unexecuted he would honour me with a visit judge the dreadful apprehensions i was under upon his making such a peremptory declaration my obligations to moabdar were all cancelled and i was free to be the bride of zadig but instead of that i fell into the toils of a barbarian i answered him with all the resentment becoming one of my high character and unspotted virtue i had always heard say that heaven bestowed on persons of my rank such a peculiar mark of majesty and grandeur that with a bare word or the glance of an angry eye they could bring down and abase the pride of those audacious creatures that durst to thwart their inclinations i talked as big as a queen but i was treated like the most servile domestic the saucy hyrcanian without so much as vouchsafing me one single word turned to his black eunuch and told him that i was very impertinent but yet he could not help thinking i was very pretty he gave him therefore particular orders to take care of me and put me under the same regimen with respect to my diet as one of his favourites in order that i might recover my colour which was somewhat too languid in a word that i might become worthy in a little time of his royal favours and be duly qualified to receive him when he should honour me so far as to fix the day i told him i would die first he replied with a sneer that young ladies like me seldom kill themselves and that they were made for enjoyment and then turned upon his heel with as careless an air as a man would part with his parakeet when he had shut her up close in her gilded cage what a shocking state was i in for the first queen of the universe nay i'll say more for a heart that was wholly devoted to her zadig at these endearing words zadig threw himself at her feet and bathed them with his tears 
ashtart immediately raised him in the most courteous and engaging manner and thus continued her narration i too plainly perceived that i was subject to the tyranny of a barbarian and the rival of a coquette that was a slave like myself she related to me all her past adventures in egypt from the description she gave of her gallant the time and place the dromedary he was mounted on and from every other minute circumstance i imagined it was yourself that played the hero in her favour as i made no doubt that you resided somewhere in memphis i determined to go thither myself but in disguise beauteous monsieur said i you are of a much sprightlier disposition than i am you will be able to amuse the gay young prince of hyrcania a thousand times better than i shall find out some way therefore for my escape by which you will be sole lady regent you will oblige me to the last degree by your friendly assistance and at the same time get rid of a rival Masoub, cajoled with the hint came into my measures directly she took care to send me packing forth with with no other attendant than an old egyptian slave no sooner had i reached the borders of arabia but a notorious freebooter one abar god by name picked me up as i was strolling along and sold me to some merchants who conveyed me to yonder castle the magnificent residence of the emir ogle he purchased me at all adventures without inquiring what or who i was he is a perfect debauchee his sole delight lies in good eating wine and women and is one who imagines that the almighty sent him into the world for no other purpose but to gratify his unruly appetites he is excessively fat and puffs and blows every moment like one half choked when he has gorged himself so unmercifully that he is ready to burst his chief physician can persuade him to take anything for his relief though he laughs at him and despises his advice when he's well and sober he has intimated to him that at present his life's in danger nothing will restore him but a basilisk boiled in rose-water whereupon the grand ogle has promised his last favours to that slave whoever she be that shall be so fortunate as to catch a basilisk for him since it seems they are so seldom to be met with you see i have others to struggle for the honour proposed and i never had a less inclination to find out this basilisk than at present since i have once more met with my dearest zadig after this declaration ashtard and zadig renewed with warmth the virtuous affection which they had long conceived for each other and reciprocally uttered all the tenderest expressions that love and distress could possibly devise and the genii who preside over all the soft passions wafted their mutual vows of eternal constancy and truth to the sphere of venus the whole train of slaves after a long fruitless search attended on ogle to inform him that all their strictest search was fruitless zadig desired that he might have the honour to be introduced into his presence accordingly he was and his address was to this or the like effect may immortal health descend from heaven to preserve a life sir so precious as yours is i am a physician by profession i flew to your palace on the first news of the dangerous situation you were in and have brought a basilisk with me distilled in rose-water i can have no hopes of the honour of your bed in case i succeed in my application all the favour i request is the release of one of your babylonish slaves who has been in your highness's retinue for some time and i am willing to be your bond-slave in her stead if i fail of restoring the most illustrious and magnificent ogle to his pristine state of health the proposition was readily embraced ashtart was instantly discharged and set out for babylon with a proper attendant according to zadig's direction assuring her that she should hear every day by a special courier of his proceedings with his new patient 
the farewell which they took of each other was very affectionate and tender expressive of the strongest obligations to each other the moments of meeting and those of parting are as it is written in the sacred book of zend the two most remarkable epochs of a lover's life zadig's repeated protestations of affection for the queen were perfectly sincere and the pure dictates of his heart and the queen's love for zadig had made a deeper impression on hers than she thought proper to discover in the meantime zadig again addressing himself to ogle said my basilisk sir as others are is not to be dressed or eaten but all its virtues must penetrate your whole fabric through your pores i have enclosed my never-failing sudorific in a bladder full-blown and carefully covered with the softest leather you must kick this bladder sir once a day about your hall for a whole hour together with all the vigour and activity you possibly can this medicine must be repeated every morning and i'll attend the operation upon your due observance of the regimen i shall put you under i doubt not but with the blessing of heaven on my honest endeavours i shall give you ample demonstration of my being an adept in physic ogle upon making the first experiment was ready to expire for want of breath and thought he should die with the fatigue the second day did not prove altogether so irksome and he slept much better at night than he had done before in short our doctor in about eight days time performed an absolute cure his patient was as brisk active and gay as one in the bloom of his youth now sir said zadig i'll be ingenuous with you and disclose to you the important secret you have played at football these eight days successively you have lived all that time within the bounds of sobriety and moderation know sir that there is no such animal in nature as a basilisk that health is to be secured by temperance and exercise and that the art of making health consistent with luxury is altogether as impracticable and an art in all respects as idle and chimerical as those of the philosopher's stone judicial astrology and any other reveries of the like airy and fantastic nature ogul's head physician apprehensive that this unexpected cure thus wrought by a stranger through such an anti-medicinal preparation might possibly not only render himself the object of contempt in the eye of his great master but cast a kind of slur in general on his whole fraternity convened a set of petty doctors and apothecaries who were his vassals and entirely devoted to his interest to find out some sure ways and means to cut off in private his dreadful rival but whilst their wicked plot was hatching zadig received a courier from the queen ashtart End of chapter fifteen